Welcome, ladies and uh, gentlemen. This is a Fleeting Glimpse uh, podcast uh, wishing you Happy New Year. My name is uh, Eric, speaking to you from the city of uh, Bergen in uh, Norway. I hope you are well, that you got through Christmas uh, okay, celebrated New Year's, and are now enduring the first week of uh, January. Plan for this uh, session of uh, Fleeting Glimpse. It's a three-part uh, session. Part one is going to be about a movie, and the movie I'm going to talk about today is uh, 200 Cigarettes, it's called, from 1999. Part two is uh, about uh, the car that is the supporting actor in said movie, and that's the iconic 1962 Checker Taxi Cab. Part three, I'm going to talk about uh, my own memories from uh, around the time the, the movie came out. We're gonna keep uh, movie anchor review on the light side here at Fleeting Glimpse. And I think it's needed the month of January. It's not a fun month here in the Northern Hemisphere, especially when you're closer to the polar circle as we are here in Norway. The days are short, the light is sparse. And without the joyful coziness of Christmas, it is uh, Really not much to look forward to uh, during the month of January and February. All the more reason to uh, listen to a podcast uh, like this and uh, and let your mind wander back to a time where things uh, seemed like they were easier and happier. But let's face it, there were <laughs> the same challenges probably as we had today, only a bit different. Nonetheless, uh, if you're feeling a bit nostalgic, then uh, maybe this is a podcast for you. So, without uh, further delay, let's uh, move to part one of this uh, podcast and talk about uh, today's uh, movie. And we're going back to the year 1999. Yes, indeed, 1999. The very year Prince uh, is singing about in his 1982 song. I'm sure you know it. He and his band, The Revolution, were singing about the end of the world, parting like it was New Year's Eve 1999. Perhaps you were like me, I think it was a happy party song, only to learn as uh, uh, I got older, uh, and less naive, I should say, that it was about the end of the world and nuclear annihilation. Now this movie, 200 Cigarettes, the movie's timing is good, released at the end of the millennium and getting ready for the ultimate party. I will call it a New Year's movie, if uh, there is such a thing. Now, this movie is not about New Year's Eve 1999, but it's about New Year's Eve 1981. And I guess uh, as I walked around here in uh, Bergen, Norway at the end of the millennium, uh, trying to plan what to do on New Year's Eve, I thought perhaps this was the movie to watch, to get in the right uh, party mood. And as a young man of uh, 25, uh, I went out and uh, rented this uh, movie on uh, DVD. And I remember the DVD uh, bright yellow uh, cover uh, with a picture of young people partying. I was sold, of course, and thought probably thought this was going to be a fun movie to watch. I went home and uh, put it into my old uh, or brand new DVD player at the time, a Dantex, uh, some kind of model. Dantex brand is long gone, by the way. I still have that DVD player up in the darkness of the attic somewhere, probably uh, stacked next to my old uh, Packard Bell computer, Pentium 3 or 2, I really can't remember. 
But that's a digression. My apologies. The movie 200 Cigarettes uh, was a disappointment to me in 1999, much like uh, New Year's Eve <laughs> 1999. But I'll get back to that in a short while. First, let me talk about the plot of uh, this movie. And the plot is uh, simple, so I wonder why they made it so confusing. It's New Year's Eve 1981 and a bunch of young people are trying to get to a party in New York, East Village. The party's uh, hostess, Monica, played by Martha Plimpton, has everything ready for the big New Year's celebration. Balloons, beverages and a fantastic homemade dip. Only thing missing is uh, the guests. Only her friend uh, Hillary, played by Catherine Kellner, is present. But she's there only to make an impression on Monica's ex-boyfriend Eric played by Brian McCarty, who is among the invitees to this part. This part. Eric, on the other hand, is uh, dumped by Bridget, played by Nicole Parkett, who, together with her sex-crazed friend Caitlin, played by Angela Featherstone, sets her ravenous eyes on the handsome bartender, played by Ben Affleck. And not far away, Lucy, played by Courtney Love, comforts her best friend uh, Kevin, Paul Rudd, who has also been dumped by his uh, girlfriend. Lucy uh, is not uh, too thrilled about being single either, and the idea that she and Eric could be more than best friends blows them both away. Then we have uh, Jack, played by Jay Moore, and Cindy, played by Kate Hudson, another couple on the way to this uh, party. And even though they haven't known each other for more than a day, Jack was the first person Cindy is left with, so he feels... Uh, after he learns about this, he feels obligated to be, there, be with her one more day. Then there's Monica's younger cousin Val. Monica is the hostess of the party. And Val, her younger cousin, played by Christina Ricci, and her friend Steph, played by Gabby Hoffman, are also on their way to this party, but uh, severely delayed when they get lost uh, into uh, punks, played by Casey Affleck and Guillermo Diaz. These, uh, the film's characters are guided around New York by a taxi driver, by, played by Dave Chappelle, the stand-up comedian, who was uh, saved by disco and who, undisturbed by uh, New Year's 1981, still lives in the 1970s. He never stops asking pressing questions and doesn't go out of his way to give uh, good advice to his uh, passengers. All the partygoers are determined to find love and to have uh, the funniest party of their lives before the end of the year. The only problem is if they make it to the party before midnight. The title, 200 Cigarettes, well, there's a lot of smoking going on in this movie, and perhaps that is the most realistic depiction of this movie and its attempt to recreate New Year's Eve 1981. Now, I was just a brat uh, in 1981, but uh, in 1999, when I saw this movie at the age of 25, I was not impressed at how uh, this movie was made, and it kind of ruined it a bit for me. But uh, more about that a bit later, because there are good things about this movie as well. And it's uh, a great cast uh, in this movie, a lot of young uh, talent. There's even a, a guest appearance by Elvis uh, Costello. And we meet some of uh, today's uh, young up-and-coming actors, including Ben and uh, Casey Affleck, Courtney Love, Brian McCarty, Kate Hudson, and Christina Ricci. And uh, the, mu the film also concludes some of the best and worst 
of the music of the 1980s. Ben Affleck is uh, actually headlining uh, this movie, uh, but his role is uh, uh, without much dialogue and seemingly not much to do in this movie. I suspect he's there uh, to support his younger brother, Casey Affleck. Top names like Christina Ricci and uh, stand-up comedian uh, Dave Chappelle. And it's interesting to see Courtney Love in a movie. Perhaps, uh, like you, dear listener, I when I think of her, I think of uh, the wife of... Uh, Kurt Cobain, but as I learned later on, uh, she was uh, already in a lot of uh, movie and uh, television production. So we have all these uh, great names uh, in this movie, great young actors, but uh, they still don't uh, manage to save this movie properly. And uh, the movie comes off as a bit confusing to me. And uh, I guess it's because of a somewhat lacking script. I think the characters are quite shallow, and as such, the film doesn't work too good, at least not for me. I was disappointed, like I said, in 1999, and when I saw it again recently, well, what can I say? It's worth uh, a look, but uh, it's uh, it falls just short. But what does the film do well? What is good about this movie? And I mentioned uh, the actors. It's fun to watch uh, young versions of uh, today's uh, star actors, I should say. And there were things uh, you can relate to, especially for me, uh, my 25-year-old self, living on a limited budget in the middle of uh, Bergen in a rather damp and moldy apartment, which I'm sure is was a health hazard. And I can, definitely can relate to uh, trying to find uh, where the New Year's party is at, Trying to get there on time with high expectation of uh, what it's going to be like and all the relationship drama and uh, and the confusion. Well, the movie hits uh, that mark pretty well. And if you want a movie about a party, then uh, think like you are going to a party. Just keep your expectations low, then you'll have a good time. But you have to ignore the mistakes. And for me, uh, to ignore the mistakes in this movie uh, back in 1999 and uh, present day, it's quite difficult. And it's one of the deal breakers for me in a movie. Uh, when they get this wrong, then uh, it, it can completely ruin uh, my, uh, my movie experience. And I, well, what to say? It's almost unforgivable. And what I'm talking about is uh, uh, when they make a movie in 1999 and they're trying to make it uh, look like uh, 1981, then for God's sake, do an effort. Get it right. And unless there's a subplot uh, with a time machine or science fiction, you definitely do not want to see a 1991 Chevrolet Caprice or a 1990 Nissan Pathfinder or even a 1995 Ford Crown Victoria in a movie that's supposed to be set in 1981. Of course, the clothes has to be right, the hairdos has to be right for the era, the dialogue, the jargon has to be uh, for uh, the same era, props, everything, and the cars, of course, like I said, it has to be correct. And uh, this uh, movie fails uh, spectacularly at that. And when I saw it in 1991, this uh, 1999, sorry, this uh, was something I noticed, and it's very noticeable if you are interested in cars like me, and it will ruin uh, a movie experience, especially for me. 
that's not the only thing that makes uh, this uh, movie fall short, of course. But uh, this is uh, what I will mention as a very important point. I think the movie's uh, director, uh, Risa Ramon Garcia, has been a bit sloppy about this. Uh, she probably did excellent on uh, clothing and hairdos, hairdos uh, of 1981. But on uh, what I just mentioned, the cars, well, it's just, uh, just sloppiness, if you ask me. And unfortunately, this is something that uh, is uh, seen quite often in movies. This kind of carelessness. Uh, uh, not so many years ago, I saw a Norwegian movie with uh, great reviews here in Norway. I will not mention the name, it doesn't really matter. And it was also a movie that was supposed to be set in the early 80s. But uh, early in the movie, they uh, get into a bus that uh, clearly was manufactured in uh, late to late 90s. And uh, I just had to stop the movie. Uh, it ruined the whole, what can I say, immersion for me. And I'm sure you can relate to this, dear listener. Uh, it's not just about the car. It can be any other thing, any prop or uh, perhaps dialogue or something that just doesn't match uh, the time that uh, the movie is supposed to be set in. And if you like me also, if you're into computer games, uh, some uh, most of them are about immersion, uh, escape from uh, reality. Then the uh, makers have to make a world that's uh, believable and does not break the illusion. In this case, the illusion of being at uh, New Year's Eve in New York in 1981. And what a fun setting uh, that is. But if you're able to ignore uh, these uh, things, then uh, you're in for uh, perhaps uh, a funny movie experience. And like I said, there's a lot of things that uh, reminds uh, reminds us of uh, a younger version of ourselves. For me, it was the constant uh, search for the best uh, party. Uh, Like an evasive uh, dream you can't quite catch. Or a fleeting glimpse, for that matter. Now that was a long uh, rambling about uh, what the movie does wrong, but uh, there are good things about this movie, and I think it catches the New Year uh, New Year vibe quite well. And if you uh, indulge in my geekiness for a while, think about the car that you combine with New Year's Eve. What is the most uh, New Yearish car you know? Can it be a taxi cab? I think so, ladies and gentlemen. For me, it definitely uh, is a taxi cab trying to get to and from a New Year's uh, Eve party is always a nightmare, and you definitely need a taxi cab. Uh, where I live, uh, buses uh, don't go much on New Year's Eve, and uh, well, it's hard to get a cab uh, as everyone else is trying to get one at the same time, naturally chasing the dream that is the New Year's party. And so uh, the supporting actor of this uh, movie is actually a taxi cab. And not any old uh, taxi cab, uh, no. It is a legend of a car actually, iconic 1962 Checker uh, taxi cab. And when I say iconic, uh, I'm not joking. Uh, I compare it to the London taxi, London taxi cab which is also a very iconic uh, cab, if you ask me. But this is a Checker taxi cab. Definitely the car you want to be in uh, on the way to your New Year's party. And this uh, particular taxi cab uh, in the movie, the 1962 model, is driven by uh, Dave Chappelle. 
a well-known name uh, in stand-up uh, comedy, but also in uh, film and uh, television as well. And he has uh, decorated this yellow, uh, beautiful yellow checkered taxi cab with uh, disco interiors complete with uh, a disco ball hanging from the ceiling of the car. And if you're too young to know what a disco ball is, well, it's a roughly spherical object that reflects light directed at it in many directions, producing a complex display, actually, and very uh, popular in the discos during the 70s, I'm told. And the driver of this uh, taxi cab, Dave Chappelle, he is definitely living in the 70s, full of uh, good advice for our partygoers on the way to this uh, party in the East Village of New York. And this uh, taxi cab, to be specific, it's model A11, by far the most uh, popular used in Hollywood movies. And I guess what makes it so famous is that the frame or design or, uh, or styling, if you like, went uh, largely unchanged from the 50s until end of production in 1982, which is uh, very special, if you ask me. Complete with... Uh, Quad headlights, uh, that uh, egg crate uh, grill, and that 50s design, it really stood out uh, among other cars produced later. The Model A11 also helped put New York on the map, the city being, of course, famous for its yellow cabs. Most pictures uh, that you've seen, or and I've seen, uh, from New York contains uh, a yellow cab, and many the classic checker A11. And dear listener, I uh, did visit New York in 1986 on holiday with my family. And I remember being surprised uh, not seeing so many yellow cabs. I knew about that before visiting, but surprised at seeing so many Model A11 that looked like very old taxi cabs from the 50s. And I wondered about that back then, why they kept so many old clunkers in the streets as cabs. But little did I know that the design of this car ended just four years before. We, of course, took many taxi rides in the city back then to get uh, to and from uh, touristic landmarks of the Big Apple, such as the Empire State Building. And uh, I do remember still that I hoped the taxi my father hailed would be a newer Caprice or Crown Victoria, and not the old-style checker. Many were still in service uh, by 1986, so I got to ride in one, uh, probably more, and I guess I should have felt privileged to ride in one of those iconic cars. But again, being a kid, you just don't know. Like I mentioned before, many movies uh, you find this uh, this classic car being the supporting actor, and uh, I'm just going to give you two examples. One of them is a Christmas movie, uh, perhaps you heard of it, Scrooged from the year 1988, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Now I know Christmas is uh, behind us, but I'll mention it anyway. I think it's a 1974 model A11 in that movie. Not 100% sure, but uh, please forgive me if I'm wrong. And of course, uh, I'll mention uh, the TV sitcom Friends uh, that ran from 1994 to 2004. And you probably remember uh, very well, I'm sure. Uh, Phoebe Buffay's uh, car, her cab, also a checker, A11 yellow cab, and a trained I will see that uh, Phoebe is driving a 1978 uh, checker taxi cab. 
My eyes are not trained to spot a different uh, variation of uh, Model A11, but uh, these fantastic guys over at uh, the Internet Movie Cars database certainly know their stuff, and there's also pictures of the car there. Highly recommended. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole uh, story of the Yellow Cab and uh, New York City. That would take a whole podcast series, I think. No, it's time to leave uh, the checkered uh, yellow taxi cab and New York behind us and uh, travel to the year 1999 to Bergen in Norway and a rather cold and later wet New Year's Eve. I have always considered myself uh, a person that is uh, sort of independent, uh, strong in solitude and uh, gets by without the need of having other people around me. But through the years, I have come to realize that uh, this is an image or a label I have given myself. And that like the rest of our species, I do enjoy and seek the company of others. I'm just not always very good at it. And uh, But on New Year's Eve, and especially at a big event like the turn of the millennium, you just have to uh, try and be social. Get out of your comfort zone, uh, get together with friends and uh, get wild and have an Awesome party. And of course, uh, nothing like a little alcohol to uh, to loosen things up. And I was prepared. Uh, I bought a cheap uh, Pilsner from the shop, the local beer. And I think I also invested in a half a bottle of uh, whiskey for this uh, special event. It should, of course, have been uh, champagne or Prosecco. At the time, I didn't know the difference. And either way, uh, it was something the girls uh, I knew were drinking. Not us. No, no. It was only beer and uh, the occasional Irish coffee or just straight uh, scotch. Nonetheless, proper means to get uh, wasted and uh, dive into the new millennium in proper fashion. And I remember I was uh, properly dressed, uh, had a nice uh, black uh, suit and uh, a tie. Calvin and Hobbes tie, actually. I was very fond of that. And of course, uh, black dress shoes without uh, any treads on the outsole. Definitely lethal uh, if it was icy outside. But luckily it was uh, relatively mild weather at the time. And to cover uh, up my suit, I put on the biggest jacket I had. A big uh, down uh, jacket with a four fur hood. Also very warm, I remember. So I gather up my booze, put it in a plastic uh, bag and uh, went a few blocks to my friend's house where we shared a couple of uh, beers. Being excited about what the night would bring, who we would meet. We had a party we were going to, a friend of mine who lived uh, approximately two kilometers away from uh, where the main event and the fireworks uh, would be at the Festplassen, uh, it was called. It is called in Bergen, the place to be at the Millennium Celebration in my hometown. So we downed a few beers and uh, then uh, booked a taxi. I can't remember which taxi it was, certainly no, nothing iconic, I can tell you. Maybe a Mercedes uh, C-Class uh, or something like that, as there were a lot of those cars used as taxis uh, uh, in Norway back in those days. It didn't matter. We uh, got to our destination. My friend's apartment was uh, filled with uh, a lot of people. A lot of them I did not know. Of course, I knew some of them. But if you've ever been to a Norwegian uh, party, uh, 
it's not the most uh, exciting event. You usually just uh, sit down and talk to people you know, and you really have to get uh, pretty wasted to uh, to go over and talk to people that you don't know. And this is uh, something uh, I'll uh, discuss uh, in another podcast about social codes in Norway. Very interesting, uh, very hard to understand for uh, for foreigners, I think. But uh, in this party, I, of course, just uh, sat down and uh, chatted with my friends like a proper Norwegian, getting slowly uh, drunk uh, on my uh, whiskey and uh, beer. And I uh, noticed... Uh, what I noticed, remember most about this party was a toy plane my friend had hanging from the ceiling. You might imagine the kind uh, hanging on a rope uh, and a propeller and it goes around in circles. And this is more or less the only thing I remember from this party. But of course this is the end of a millennium uh, and the FOMO is uh, setting in uh, seriously. Time is going incredibly fast. You have to watch the time. You have to drink beer. You have to enjoy yourself. Be careful not to speak to people you don't know. <laughs> and before you know it, it's half an hour to midnight. And uh, we scrambled. Uh, I put uh, an open beer in the pocket of my down jacket. Whiskey bottle in another. And off we went, uh, my group of friends uh, running down uh, towards uh, Fastplassen to to see the fireworks at the stroke of midnight. Of course, no chance uh, at all to get a taxi cab at this time. The weather, horrible. It's uh, raining sideways, uh, about 16 meters per second. And uh, it's raining, of course, but uh, we're a bit higher up in the altitude uh, uh, this apartment so it was more sleet than rain so you can imagine uh, us running there two kilometers that's a distance I guess it feels uh, shorter when you're uh, a bit drunk and uh, balancing uh, an open beer uh, not easy so I put it in the pocket again of course uh, my uh, <laughs> my big down jacket now uh, soaked from the rain and from uh, spilt beer from uh, the bottle and we arrived at uh, the main event at Festplassen about uh, two minutes past midnight, a bit too late. But uh, we didn't miss anything. It was uh, raining sideways, like I said. The cloud cover was very low. The fireworks, you could hardly see it. Complete uh, disaster. The complete disappointment. Uh, no girls uh, to kiss uh, uh, nearby. Only uh, my friends there, uh, all of them soaking wet. Uh, we shook hands. I took a swig at uh, the whiskey bottle and uh, we, and of course, passed it around to my friends. We wished each other Happy New Year's and uh, decided we had to get out of that weather. Of course, in retrospect, we never should have left uh, the party. Uh, this is uh, definitely... Uh, universal truth. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree with me, dear listener, that uh, this is a common mistake we do as a species. Grass is never greener. If you are at a fairly good party, then uh, stick to it and uh, to try to speak to someone you don't know. It will make your life a whole lot easier. Of course, in 1999, uh, we didn't know about this uh, and to make a long story short, uh, we found uh, our uh, usual pub. We went in there. 
I can't imagine how they let me in in that uh, soaked uh, down uh, jacket. I was uh, looking like a soaked uh, raccoon at the time. But I think the uh, the bouncer just had uh, pity in us and, uh, and let us in. The rest of the night is uh, kind of a blur. Uh, no wonder. Uh, we had one beer uh, and FOMO sets in again, I think. And we went to a nightclub and I can't remember anything else. I never saw that uh, down jacket again. I remember uh, during the haze of that uh, night uh, giving it away to someone who was uh, cold, who went out without a jacket. Me, of course, uh, heated up by uh, good amounts of alcohol. I needed no more, <laughs> no jacket, no more. Regardless, the jacket uh, passed uh, out of uh, time and history, but uh, not memory. And I was happy to share this memory with you, dear listener. And perhaps you, like me, uh, was a bit disappointed about the Millennium uh, Celebration. Too high expectation, a confusing script for a night of partying, and the disappointment of not having the good time you thought you were going to have. Much like renting and seeing uh, the movie 200 Cigarettes, when you come to think about it. I don't even know if this makes a good story either. That is up for you to decide, ladies and gentlemen. For me, uh, when I think about the Millennium Celebration, I always think about this, uh, this toy plane uh, hanging from the ceiling, propeller running and it's going round and round in circles never quite reaching a destination. Uh, very symbolic to uh, to our own celebration, our own uh, partying at the time. This is Fleeting Glimpse uh, Podcast. I am your host, Eric. I'd like to thank you for listening and uh, I hope you will return next week for another light movie and car review and to hear about some memories from bygone days that will perhaps spark some of your own. Thank you.